but our anxiety and the enemy and our vices and our sins and our attachment to all that keeps us pulled away. Even if you have the picture perfect looking life, you'll never see it and feel it until you have the Holy Spirit convicted in you. Welcome to She is Risen, the podcast, where the woman new or mature to her faith can come to learn, decompress, and heal the anxiety keeping her from living a deeper, connected, meaningful, and purpose-led life. I'm your host, Riley June, cognitive behavioral therapist and woman of God. Six years ago, I was riddled with anxiety, lost in New Age practices, and I've been blessed to be saved and go on to help thousands of others heal their anxiety and deepen their relationship with Christ. You are not alone. I am here to help. Tune in for the weekly therapy your soul has been praying for. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to another session. I have had so many beautiful messages from you guys over this last week. Uh, Quite a few of you new subscribers and listeners. So first and foremost, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to tune in for the episode. I really, truly hope you gained something from them and it helped you in some way overcome your anxiety, grow in your relationship with Christ. That is what this podcast is all about. Um, If we haven't really connected before, I'm going to give a brief introduction and we're going to get into today's episode surrounding why non-believers struggle to understand what the Bible is really saying. And this has been such a powerful conversation that I've been having with actually one of my former clients and we just really got into it and I knew that the Holy Spirit was working through me to make this episode come to life because I have been toying with three different um, ideas of episodes that will inevitably come out before the end of the year. And as soon as this came up, it was like, go press record. This is what we're going to be talking about today. So I'm really excited about this. So first and foremost, just a brief introduction. My name is Riley June. Please, if you are a new listener here, reach out to me on Instagram at the Riley June or at She Is Restored Podcast and say hi. I love getting to know who you are listening. I love hearing your feedback. I love hearing your insight. I love when you challenge me on the things that I say because this podcast isn't about being righteous. This podcast is primarily to help you think in a different way and that is going to allow you to become a better critical thinker we need critical thinking in our reality if we do not have critical thinking then we become subject to the enemy then we become swayed by the ways of the world we get swept up in government agendas and propaganda and I don't want that for you because all of those things cause you anxiety and I know that you truly can live an anxiety free life in Christ trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight Proverbs 3 5 6 one of my favorite ones with that being said uh, my background is in behavioral um cognitive behavioral therapy. It is something that I am absolutely obsessed with, understanding how people operate, why they do the things that they do. I started all the work that I do today actually from a new age perspective and lens. So I learned all about quantum 
theory and energy healing and Reiki and mediumship and psychic abilities and intuition. And I learned all that through a demonic lens. At the time, I thought I was doing good. I thought that this was the like this was going to help people. This was curing people. This was a miracle. This was the things that Jesus did. Only to come to find that paired with the energy studies and healing and readings and work that I was doing, that fascination for behavior and the psychology of people never went away. And I realized very quickly that there is so much corruption, which ended up being a big pinpoint for the start of my unfolding of the New Age um, spirituality later on. But um, that there was so much corruption in the way that people were doing things because I understood going into what I was doing that we are always limited to our perception at any given moment in time, that God is truly all-knowing. And so I thought what I was doing was through the lens of God, was through the lens of Jesus, as Jesus is the highest point of enlightenment, essentially, is kind of what the New Agers believe when it comes to Jesus, though we now I understand that the reason that we tend to not want to subscribe to that is because we are so convicted in our sins. So um, my pursuance in the study of cognitive behavior um, led me to get certified in that particular therapy. I incorporated into the work that I was doing and I consistently found that even when my clients were working on sustainable habits and they were reaching goals, they were finding ways to overcome the challenges, there was still an undeniable lack of fulfillment and that was one of the foundational pieces that led me to start questioning okay well what is the root of energy what is the root of us what is the root of our soul what is the root of this belief just like when we do therapy work we have to get to the root of that problem the root of that behavior the root of that cause the root of what caused that behavior and so we do the inner child work and the mother wounds and the father wounds and the generational patterns but energy is also the same thing and it actually starts before all of that other stuff. And so that led me to question, okay, so who actually is God and how do I know this and where do I learn about him? And those questions are what led me to the Bible. And when I started to read in the Bible what God has to say about fortune tellers, obviously if you've ever read Deuteronomy, um, there's many scriptures in Leviticus, there's many scriptures in Ephesians, there's many scriptures in Matthew. And honestly, I'm pretty sure it's just about every book. Um, don't quote me on that, but I know it's in quite a few. It talks often about doing away with the evil in this world, um, not subscribing to the worldly ways, not subscribing to the necromancers or the fortune tellers or the mediums or the spirit tellers. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay, so none of that was of God. With that being said, it actually taught me a really valuable lesson about critical thinking. And that's going to be something that we unpack a little bit here today, which is going to be super exciting. Uh, with that critical thinking, it led me to logically come to the understanding that God is truth and Jesus is Lord. And he paid a price for our sins on the cross, that lack of fulfillment, that attachment that we have to our sins you know I how do I how do I want to approach this I'll do it from my own perspective I'll do it from my own example um I had a big attachment to 
uh, binge eating to cope with emotional anxiety. I would get anxious, my cortisol levels would spike, my nervous system would go into fight and flight, and it would be, be because there was something in my life that felt out of control. It could be that I had a few extra baskets of laundry or things weren't put away or my kids like disobeyed me or misbehaved or, you know, there was something out of my control that was happening that was leaking into other areas of my life. And so I would emotionally eat to try and stuff down literally to fulfill that feeling. That in that coping mechanism, I was deeply attached. Now, you might think that, well, it's not a sin to eat to cope with your anxiety, but actually, in fact, it is the sin of gluttony. It is the demon of gluttony. And I was very attached to that. And anxiety was my trigger to leaning into the temptation of gluttony. And that was that was a really big thing for me to unpack. Even now, like I can say this pretty neutrally without feeling emotional or feeling shame or anything about that. But it's taken me a few years to get to that point. One of the reasons why I do truly believe that it's taken me so long is because it wasn't until about 10 months ago until I truly decided to submit my entire life to Jesus Christ. I got baptized probably five or six months prior to that, but it wasn't until the beginning of 2023 where I finally decided within my heart of hearts that my whole life is getting submitted to him and that in that submission, I knew there was going to be so much unraveling. And it took me, and I realized this a year, year and a half prior to my baptism and prior to my submission, my full um, devotion of submission. Even when I was baptized, there was so much more unraveling. Even when I submitted my life to him, there was so much more unraveling. Even as I share this message with you, there is still unraveling. It's so easy for us to get caught up into the day-to-days. On my Instagram stories today, I shared this where it was a calendar. If you ever follow me on Instagram, I have this calendar that I post. And it's from a um, fitness community that I'm a part of, the Ladies' Edge. If you are someone who doesn't have a lot of time for at-home workouts and you want something that's challenging, that's going to build strength, that's going to build cardio, that's going to really get you in shape, it's an incredible community. I'm not sponsored or paid to say this. I just truly, deeply love that community so much. Not even necessarily because I'm like hugely a part of the community, the like the conversations per se, but it's just what it stands for, the camaraderie, being able to watch people come together and support each other. I've uh, I've been blessed with a beautiful little group that we just kind of have our own space and, you know, we don't show up every single day, but we do celebrate each other and we share with each other and we ask questions with each other and it's just, it's just rallying around this idea of just truth and perseverance that really stands out to me and then so cool the woman who founded the company is actually a christian she's been a devout christian for a very very long time um which is just listening to her story one day it's my goal to have her on the podcast so uh, i'm excited to see when god wills that to happen if he does if it's in his plan with that being said um i shared this calendar and It's easy for us to think that we're not doing good enough. But when we zoom out from the day to day, so last week was a, well, yeah, this week, you'll hear this on Monday. So the prior, the past week was a really challenging week for me. Um, There was just so much going on. I was, I have found myself leaning on caffeine more than 
I normally do and uh, it doesn't do well with me at all. Caffeine just throws me for an insane loop. It spikes my anxiety like out of this world and I've known this and I've actually not drank in it for well almost two years since I got pregnant with Noah. He's almost um, 13 months now. I really don't drink caffeine much. So recently I just found myself a little bit more mentally exhausted than usual. I'm doing full-time homeschooling. I'm doing full running this business full-time. I'm in full-time school. There's a lot of things that's going on and I'm so blessed to be able to say that and experience them. But there's also seasons. If you don't know your your cycle, like your period cycle, um, then you likely won't know. But here's something for you to note that we have different phases throughout our cycle, our 28-day cycle, where each week of that cycle gives us a different type of hormonal experience. It's why there's leading up to your period, you'll have like draws and energy. It's why the week after your period, you will have spikes of just like insane amounts of energy. So I know these things about myself. And last week was one of those weeks of a draw on energy as I'm about to start my cycle. And it was just more exhausting for me. So I leaned on caffeine. It spiked my anxiety. Thankfully, thank God, what he had me work on 10 months ago in being working towards being a present patient mom was the discipline of prayer and scripture above all else. So when I found myself more exhausted this week, I leaned into prayer and scripture before and above anything else. That was my goal. If I worked out, great. If I cleaned the house, great. If I did anything else, great. If I attended two hours worth of schooling, great. But not before I did my scripture and prayer time. And not because I felt like if I didn't do it, I'd be inferior to everything else or I wasn't serving God. But because I have learned that that is truly our breath and our air. We breathe in the word and we breathe out the Holy Spirit. It is the way in which God can work and move through us, but we cannot move and breathe if we do not get fed, if we do not get fed with that oxygen, if we do not get fed with his word, because what will happen is, and this is where the critical thinking factor in factor comes in, as well as why it's hard for non-believers to understand what the Bible is truly sharing with us, is that before I made that my sole practice, my sole focus. Everything to me wasn't good enough. I wasn't doing good enough. I wasn't working out long enough. I wasn't losing weight fast enough. I wasn't eating good enough. I wasn't studying long enough. I wasn't serving great enough. I wasn't a good enough mom. I wasn't a good enough wife. So on the list will go. And you might come to find yourself as I'm sharing this thinking, hmm, that kind of sounds like the talk in my head right now. And to that, I would say as a side note is how much time are you spending in the word? How much time are you praying over yourself? Because the enemy has his claws in us and we don't realize it until we're faced with having to step back and honestly, vulnerably, um, accountability wise, look at ourselves, look at our lives, look at the ways that we're showing up mentally, emotionally, physically the words that we're using, the actions we're taking, until we take that step back and are willing to look at ourselves in the most rawest lens, we will struggle to be able to see what our blocks are, what your limitations are, how the enemy is working in your life, how you are your enemy in your life. 
And that's not easy. That is not easy. And I have, so coming back to the calendar. So I posted the calendar today and I put my little picture saying, yay, I did my workout. <laughs> and two, the two days prior to today, I'm recording this on the Sunday, um, I didn't work out. And I felt as I got up this morning and I spent time in the word and I did my prayers and I just enjoyed my morning with my family. I thought, oh, I really got to get to my workout because I haven't done it in a few days and I've not fallen off track. And now my mind starts to go into that lack, into that lack, into that lack. And so I did my workout. I did my 40 minutes on the treadmill. And every time I do that, I pair it up with my schooling. So I'm like double bubbling. Honestly, it helps me so much be able to concentrate and move through my reading material. Um, oh, I just, I love it. I'm obsessed with it. That works so well for me. If you're someone who has struggle focusing and uh, you tend to get distracted really easily, put in your ear pods if you need to like listen to some form of scripture or you're studying something, get on a treadmill, incorporate movement with what you're doing. It will honestly help you focus so much more. So I post my calendar, I put my picture in there and what I realize is that I may not have done my exercises the last two days, but over the entirety of the month, I have only not exercised five days. We're day 29 right now as I'm recording this of 31. And out of five of those days, I didn't do my exercises, but every other day I showed up. And because I know that when I work out, I'm also studying, I can see how much I have put in time every day at minimum on my workouts with studying. So I can recognize when I zoom out how much effort I am in fact putting in. And it's so easy for us to get caught in this trap with the enemy or being the enemy of ourselves where we say, I'm not doing enough. I'm not good enough. I'm never going to get there. It's never going to work because we aren't used to zooming out. We aren't used to seeing a bigger picture. We aren't used to holding ourselves in the spotlight and just pausing for a moment saying, hold on a minute. If I just like remove myself from my thoughts right now and I look at the bigger picture, there is so much more context here. For any of you who are entrepreneurs who listen to this, it's easy for you to get lost in the statistics of you're down 29% today in content reviews. You're down this many followers in whatever the percentage is. But if you zoom out over 90 days, oftentimes what you see is actually growth. But it's hard to see that in the moment when you're in it. And so for my unbelievers, I love how this episode is coming together because there are times where I feel like I'm forcing something, which I know it's not Holy Spirit led. And there are days like right now where it is just so sharp in my mind exactly the way that we're going to lay this out for you. And I hope it really does help you to understand this. And the, I want to context this before we get into this. The reason why I feel called to share this episode is for two reasons in this particular topic. It's really easy for Christians to feel like, feel, not feel like, but feel overwhelmed or feel angry towards the people who don't get it, who don't understand why Jesus is king, why he is Lord, why the story of him dying on the cross for our sins is so vital and important. 
as someone who believes in that, who sees that, meaning me, meaning you, assuming you're a Christian, (laughs) assuming you see it, the reason why we feel so annoyed and angry isn't up to us. It's not up to us. And it can be so hard and challenging because it for us, it's so easy to see it. It's like, wow, you've taken the time to shine the spotlight on yourself and zoom out, maybe not on a full capacity, but enough to realize, hey, I really need help. Wow, thank God he sent Jesus for me, for you specifically. He knew the walk that you were going to walk. He knew the life that you were going to live. He had and knew the plan for you. And he knew that you would need Jesus in it. And for those of you who have seen that, who get that, who understand that, who conceive that, it can be angering and frustrating and feel so ridiculous when the other people in your life, and sometimes this is close family and friends, maybe even your children or extensions of you, It can be so frustrating when people don't get this. It's like, why? How do you not see this? How do you not see how amazing this is? This is good news. This isn't bad news. How do you not get this? It's like you want to take them. You just want to shake them. Be like, can you open your eyes? It's like trying to talk to somebody who's so convinced that the government has their best interest. You want to shake them and say, open your eyes. Like that's not true whatsoever. And never in the history has it ever been. Take a breath. Take a breath. It's okay. Because just as God has a plan for you, he has a plan for them. And just as God brought you to him, he has a plan for them. And you might be the sanctuary that they are called to learn from and know because instead of trying to force Jesus on them, you're just walking with the Holy Spirit instead. It's hard for non-believers to understand what's in the Bible because they don't have the Holy Spirit. This conversation I was having with this former client was that um, we were talking about these bold characteristics that we've adopted as we've come into our own and grown as adults and just become so much more cognitively self-aware and are just able to see things at a larger capacity and scale. Not in lieu of anybody else, but just in general, like so much more than we used to be able to. And we attributed it to certain like personality characteristics where, you know, what being a bold leader is and how that would apply to us and just different things like that. And one of the things that really came through to me is even if and as that may be true in that place, is also the opportunity for the enemy to work if we're not careful, if we're not breathing in God's word and breathing out the Holy Spirit. Because when we claim these attributes, though they may very well in fact be true, if we are not continuously filling up our minds and our hearts and our souls with God and Jesus through his word, then what we're doing is we're making inferences and we're giving room and doors and windows that are now open for the enemy to come in and intercede, which is going to boost your ego, which is going to call you to condemn and to judge other people, which is not fruits of the Holy Spirit. And so as you're breathing in the word and as you're breathing out the Holy Spirit, you are able to show people that sanctuary, that grace ultimately in how Jesus is changing your life because you're not walking with this front and you're not walking with this wall and you're willing to get vulnerable and you're willing to say, hey, listen, Cindy, 
I know what it feels like. I've been there. And it's not easy. And in fact, it's actually really hard a lot of the times. And I remember sitting on my bathroom floor crying my eyes out because I felt like I wasn't good enough. Because I felt like I was never going to beat this addiction or I felt like I was never going to beat this problem or I felt like this challenge was just always going to override me. And cool, it's a nice dream to think that there's a day where this financial problem or this weight problem or this relationship problem doesn't exist. But in that moment, like that was so far from my mind, I didn't understand how God could save me or love me. That wasn't even something that I was in. Even when I believed in him, it was like, oh man, like really? Like this was your plan for me? Like it it all boiled down to this? This moment? Like you needed to lead me here? I thought you were the abundant God and the fruitful God and the loving God and the peaceful God and the graceful God. This is not any of that. (laughs) And so When we are walking with the Holy Spirit and we are showing people that grace, we're opening their eyes to a bigger way. You see, energy speaks louder than words. And I learned that when I did all the New Age work, that the way you show up in a room, the way you present yourself, that doesn't mean you have to be decked out in Chanel, but wearing clean clothes. And even if your hair is in a top knot, Your confidence, this spirit can radiate through you in a way that words can never say. It's hard to, if you've ever tried to explain what it feels like to have the Holy Spirit in you. And most times what it boils up to is feeling like your heart is on fire. And people who don't believe will be like, wow, that that sounds like heartburn to me. Are you sure? (laughs) It's like you just can't understand it. It's just a feeling. It doesn't have a language to it. It's a feeling. And so non-believers, when they don't have the Holy Spirit in them, it's because their soul is dead. We are dead to the world until we become alive in Jesus. And the Holy Spirit fills us. And our minds are able to move in a way that is God-inspired and led because we're feeding our mind with the Word and the Holy Spirit is enacted within us. And we are putting that out into the world so the people around us are feeling better and we are feeling better and they are doing better and we are doing better. And they're inspired to want to know more. So they ask you, hey, you have this glow about you. How did, like, what are you doing differently? Is it a new face routine? Are you eating? Are you drinking more water? Like, what's, are you exercising? What's going on? Like, is there someone? Is there someone in your life? What is that? Tell me your secrets, girl. And you respond with, it's the Holy Spirit. And immediately they'll be shocked and they'll be pulled back, even if they know you, even if they know you believe in that. But that's your answer to them and go, what do you mean by that? It's like, well, I read the word every day and I submit to Jesus and I just have learned to pray over and above everything else. And it's really allowed me to not be anxious anymore and not yell at my kids anymore and not financially splurge because I'm feeling overwhelmed with my life or feeling like I don't have the perfect Pinterest fall shelves and home and kitchen and you know I've actually taken the time to slow down and get off my phone and spend the nights with my husband even if we are watching tv the amount of times we have to pause it so that we can talk is honestly like so refreshing and I get a good night's sleep every day I'm not laying there tossing and turning worried about what tomorrow is going to bring and so yeah the holy spirit has really transformed me And even someone who is in disbelief of your belief can't refute 
the way that you were showing up. And they, just as curiosity, because people actually want to feel better. They want to feel better. They want to look better. It's why we're so sucked into watching perfect looking people on Instagram. It's because we want to live that way. We want to feel that the way that they make us feel. We want to be that way. But our anxiety and the enemy and our vices and our sins and our attachment to all that keeps us pulled away. Even if you have the picture perfect looking life, you'll never see it and feel it until you have the Holy Spirit convicted in you. So non-believers don't have the Holy Spirit. It's why when they read the Bible, they don't get it. I used to read the Bible when I was younger. And for the life of me, I remember just sitting so confused. I couldn't understand the these thuses and thems and the ways in which the words were laid out on the page. And now it's like they just dance off the page. They just speak to me. I'm, I was called to start going through the book of Jeremiah and I found it so interesting because not only is it literally, literally God's plan in Israel right now as we see so much destruction and chaos happening, but the book of Jeremiah is literally about the fall of Israel and the reclaiming and the reformation in God's name, in Jesus' name, in Jerusalem. And that it's because of people who are worshiping um, other gods. It's because of people who are harlotri- harlotrizing around. Uh, I think that's the right word. Harlotrizing around. Just parading themselves in, in their pride, in their ego, in their other gods and God steps in in the book of Jeremiah to wipe that clean to be just in his punishment he says this is what I am going to do it's not for me to decide whether you're going to listen and abide by this or not you can do with what you want but know that there's going to be punishment just like when we live our punishment is death the wages of our sin is death we will sin in our life. If you've ever told a lie, if you've ever cheated, if you've ever stolen, if you've ever coveted a neighbor's things, meaning if you've ever been jealous of somebody else's stuff, if you've ever worshipped a God other than the one true God who says the only way through me is through my son, that's five. There's five more. If you've ever lived one of those five sins, then you've sinned. And because naturally we are inherently not good, Eve is a great example in the garden right? We're going to die. We're going to go to hell. We are born to go to hell, but God sent Jesus to lift us up from that and give us an opportunity to come to, to heaven. And so it was so interesting reading this book because it's talking about how easily we can be persuaded by our own ideologies and beliefs, by our own ways of thinking about ourselves, by not shining the spotlight on the sins that we are attached to Whether it's because we don't think we're ready, whether it's because we just simply don't want to, whether it's because we're ignorant to it, that can happen. Or if you've been traumatized, you're not willing to question it, you're not curious about what else is possible for you in your life. Non-believers really struggle with this because they're not willing to shine that spotlight on themselves. They're not willing to get vulnerable. The pain of what has already been inflicted upon them or the pain in which they have inflicted upon others or on themselves seems too hard. But the beautiful thing about God and Jesus is that he comes in and he says, listen, I already know. Let me hold you up. Let me help you see that I've always been here. Let me help you see that you don't have to walk alone. But then it is our duty to get into his word, to welcome that Holy Spirit in, to become convicted in what he is sharing with us. 
And so um, I have Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 2.13. This is what we speak, not in words, taught us, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. And I find that such an interesting passage because it really speaks to why even there are even people who claim to know Jesus who don't feel fulfilled, who actually feel in some sort of dismay because they're like, well, I pray to Jesus and I read my Bible and, you know, I do all these good things. And if you can tell that in just what I've said, their focus is on them. And so this passage speaks to that not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. It's not until those words are dancing off your page. And for me, this took almost eight months until I was like, yeah, there it is. It was a discipline every day in my choice of submission. I wasn't just like, I didn't just overcome my emotional eating. I didn't just overcome my anxiety. I didn't just become a present patient mom. I wasn't able to just drop my anger and my frustration in the moment. And there are some days where that's absolutely the case. But I'll also recognize what I did to cause that or how I'm allowing the enemy to infiltrate myself in that moment. And in those moments or times when I pray, it's not a Muslim thing where we pray specifically three to five times a day. It's whenever I catch the enemy working myself and sometimes I'm the enemy in myself, I will pray. And last week, that was a lot. That was almost the entire day for a week. And so I want to offer you that because some of you in conversations that we've had feel unfulfilled. You believe in Jesus, you believe in what he did, but you don't feel. Here's the thing, you're expecting, you're going to prayer, you're going to into submission, expecting something for yourself. God doesn't call you to fill yourself up with yourself. He says to submit and fill yourself up with him. And in that place, the Holy Spirit can come in. And in that place, you will be convicted. And in that place, you will feel the love and the grace of Jesus and what he did for you. But how long are you willing to blind, blindly be faithful to knowing God will have a plan for you one day where you feel that? How long are you willing to pray over your temptations and your sins and your wrongdoings and your hardships and your challenges and the things that you feel are being done to you whether they are or they aren't, perception is a really powerful thing. We did an episode on this last week. How long are you willing to pray for that? Pray over that? Pray into that? Do you really believe? Do you really believe? There's this, um, there's this book called Lead, and it's all about um, becoming a pastor. My husband was listening to this, and it talks about how if you feel the call to ministry... And you go through all the steps, all the schooling, all the education, all the preparations, you know, you spend whatever amount of time doing all the things. And at the end of the day, God puts you in a church that maybe you even build by your hands where only 10 people attend. Is that going to be good enough? That's God's will. He put you there. He made you build that church and 10 people showed up. 
You see, God has a different plan than we often think for ourselves. Yeah, maybe we have some ideas, like in, I'll use this in, in this case. Yeah, my husband has this idea that he wants to go on to become a pastor, but his pastor with God might not be to a mega church. It might not be to a church of 100. It might not be to a church of 50. If it's only to a church of 10, do you really trust in God's plan? Or are you more willing to submit to your own plan? Because if God is the God of all things good, and he is the only one who does away with evil in, in the name of Jesus, do you really believe in that? And that's a question you really have to get vulnerable with yourself with. And I don't share that with you to put you into a state of shame or blame of how you're not doing something or why you're not thinking of it this way or all these types of things. It's a question for you to get raw and honest and vulnerable with yourself and really look at how you are showing up in your life. You see, we're so quick to judge other people and how they're doing things and why they're not doing this and how they're doing this to you and why they're over here and they don't get it and for whatever reason in any capacity or area or, or circumstance. But are you willing to take the time that you spend placing judgment on everybody else and stop and place that same judgment on you through the lens of God's word? Because he says to love one another. He says to love one another. And so if we know in his word that he says there will come a day where all of us will be faced at the seat of the throne for judgment. If we know that, and we know that only God can judge. And actually, so interestingly enough, when you get into the word, you find out that God's not sitting on the throne. Jesus is. The only way through him is through Jesus. Jesus is sitting on the throne. So you can just think that you have this relationship with God and skip over the relationship with Jesus because God ain't going to be sitting on that throne. Jesus is. Are you willing to let that judgment go? Are you willing to instead spend that time reflectively, openly, honestly, not judging yourself in criticism, but looking through the lens of how you can judge yourself to improve? You see, those who don't get it don't have the Holy Spirit in them. And it's because they're in a place where they have chosen to be unwilling to look through that lens of personal improvement in um of judgment for improvement they're stuck in the temptations of their sins they're stuck in the temptations of attachment to their traumas they're stuck in the temptation of their attachments to all the people and things that have hurt them including themselves it's not up for you to worry about when they come to god or if they come to god it's up to you to walk with the spirit of the holy spirit um, 1 Corinthians 2 9 says however as it is written what no eye has seen what no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived the things God has prepared for those who love him God has something so beautiful planned for you even if it's to pastor in a church that you build yourself with your own bare hands to a group of 10 people that is a really beautiful life it's a really beautiful life if your sole focus that you're being called to right now is being a more present and patient mom. It's a really beautiful life to go through your closet and start decluttering because it's giving you so much anxiety and actually donating or throwing things out. 
If you can't make it to the bins and that's what's holding you up, put it in the garbage. Just throw it out. Just throw it out. So, I love this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as well. We have, I think, when this episode goes out, we only have a couple days left until the Destiny Moment program kicks off. If you loved what we talked about today, if you are looking for the support and the learning and the encouragement and the understanding of how to pull back the spotlight and put it on you through a lens of improvement, the encouragement to go deeper in your faith with scripture and prayer and speak life into that discipline in your life, then you're not going to want to miss out in the Destiny Moment program. So I'm going to link it in the show notes. You can jump in and join us. It's eight weeks Um, The first six weeks take us to the 11th of December, and then we kick off on the 2nd of January for two more weeks. I'm so excited. This is going to be such an incredible year, 2024. Even in all of its catastrophes, I am honestly so excited. And I say that not because I'm expecting catastrophe, but because catastrophe and chaos and disruption allows us to grow. It allows us to grow. God prepared you for this very moment just as he prepared this very moment for you. Mm, I'm going to say that again. God has prepared you for this very moment in your life just as he has prepared this very moment in your life for you. So don't waste another minute worrying about all these other things in the world that you can't control. Start with gaining control over your life right now. Submit your heart and mind to Jesus. And let the Holy Spirit fill you. I love you guys. I will see you next week. Next week we also have a guest episode. Or this week when you hear this, we're also going to have a guest episode that's going to air on Thursday. We're going to be double bubbling these guests for a couple weeks that I'm really excited about. All right. I love you. And I will see you soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found the faith and encouragement you needed to rise up and conquer. I am on a mission to impact 500,000 women with this work and I need your help to do it. If you could leave a five-star review and share this with a friend, I will be forever grateful. Remember, Jesus is the only name that can conquer all darkness and it is up to you to choose him daily so that you can live a purpose-filled, Holy Spirit-led life too.